listening to the Straight Up Saints podcast. What is up, Houdat Nation? Welcome into a, a joint edition here. Christmas Vogel for Booker Media here with John Hendricks of also Booker Media and Saints News Network. Mini Camp Day 2 is in the books. Another exciting time for the New Orleans Saints. And yeah, we have Saints a lot News to talk Network about. Mini Camp here. Day 2 and is- the big thing for, for this is going to be what we've seen so far from the action. No better person to bring on here and talk about it than John. So, John, let's just get into the, I guess I would say the main course for a lot of people. They want to know how Jameis Winston's looking. Obviously, a couple of weeks ago, they talked about the noticeable limp. I thought he looked better from what I was able to see. What did you see out there? Yeah, look, I think you look at Jameis Winston. He definitely is comfortable there. I mean, a lot of it was made about this limp and all this other good stuff. I mean, I looked at him after practice. He was doing sprints. He looks more comfortable moving around the pocket. I mean, there's just so much to Jameis Winston's game that I, I just think has improved even from where we saw him in that first mini camp session, if you will, or OTAs. But look, again, I think Jameis Winston is going to be perfectly fine. The brakes is something he is going to wear through the season. So again, just to recap for those who don't know, he's kind of waiting on this meniscus to heal right. ACL's fine. MCL's fine. He's moving around well, and he looks really good. Yeah, absolutely. And another big piece I would say is Chris Olave. And from what many are calling one of his best practices so far as a, as a member of the New Orleans Saints, is that kind of the way you saw it? Yeah, look, he made the play of the day, right? And you have uh, JT Gray and Alante Taylor in coverage. And it's a ball deep down the sideline, close to the end zone. Andy Dalton threw it. And look, it was one of those where Gray and, and Taylor were great coverage. And then they kind of collided on the play. But somehow, Alave comes up with it. It's kind of just one of the thread the needles. And again, kind of talked about a little bit. We don't talk about Andy Dalton a lot. But man, I'll tell you what, this has been a good insurance policy for the Saints. But as far as Chris Alave goes, man, this guy looks so good, so smooth. You know, just looking at him in reps, he just makes everything look natural. Again, that's that's all of them. And Jameis said, smooth as the other side of the pillow. I don't think anything has been more evident than seeing Chris Olave and his growth the, over these past several weeks. Yeah, absolutely. And you, you know, you talk about this receiver room. Uh, I don't know if it was necessarily the case today where he was the player that people were kind of clamoring over, but it definitely happened, whether it was yesterday or even during OTAs. Uh, how about Jarvis Landry? It seems like the route running still there. He looks a little bit more energized. This was a guy that was injured a little bit last year. Does he look at a hundred percent for you? Yeah, look, I don't think there's anything as far as Jarvis goes that, I mean, this guy looks great. You know, he's somebody that you just can't not help but not notice, right? And Landry is just looking good and he's looking comfortable. You know, just even looking at on the sidelines, he's talking to Jameis Winston, trying to kind of develop some of that chemistry. And look, again, the Saints, unlike last year, you know, going into it, they're very stacked at the wide receiver position right now. And so Jarvis Landry, again, it's making that deal look like just such a bargain right now. And so it behooves a uh, guy like Landry to come in here and perform well because he's working for a next contract. But, man, between him and Tyron Matthew, these are two Louisiana guys that are happy to be back home, very energized, and I think the sky's the limit for the Saints offense with Jarvis Landry in it. Yeah, and you, you mentioned Tyron Matthew. I know a lot of the talk and focus this year is going to be on the offense basically because of the way uh, it performed last year. Everyone wants to see an improvement on that side of the ball. Uh, how about the defense, though? Uh, I know Marcus May is kind of still working his way up, but what are we seeing from a secondary group? I know you mentioned Bradley Roby. It looked like he got a couple more reps than usual. Uh, how does this group seem to be figuring out so far? Yeah, look, and, and again, the guy that's kind of rising a little bit up here is Bryce Thompson, right? And I think, you know, just the way they were looking at 
there's a five-man front, three linebackers. They had a couple of guys who playing uh, two safeties in a corner and one of the looks. And so, again, you look at Bryce Thompson being a huge factor there. P.J. Williams, uh, those are the two year main guys. I mean, C.J. Gardner-Johnson, he was around. He didn't take part in a lot of things, but he did, definitely was around practicing a good bit. But all the walkthroughs and formations, a lot of Bryce Thompson, a lot of Tyron Matthew. Matthew's the real deal. Every person we talk to in the secondary, they kind of talk about how much he's brought from a leadership perspective. And, you know, even asking Matthew the other week, you know, in some aspects, he said that Marcus May is a little bit ahead of him because the Jets are running a scheme normal or familiar with like what the Saints are able to run. And so, again, he might be a little bit ahead on the playbook as far as it goes. But, man, it's a, a good welcome sight and for a team that was really concerned losing Malcolm Jenkins and Marcus Williams in the same offseason. This is a very stacked safety uh, secondary group that they have, and it's going to be interesting to see how it shapes up for training camp. Yeah, and I'm sure you've heard this before, John, but I know you, since you are, I, we, as many say, the, the fastest uh, tweeter, I would say, from the from the same side of things. When you put out that, obviously, that little note where a collision happened with JT Gray and, and it took a while for him to get up, it seemed like things are okay, but where did you see, like, in terms of when that collision happened, him walking off the field, him coming back, should Saints fans be a little worried about their, their all-pro t- all special teams player or no? Yeah, I'd say probably not. I mean, look, it was probably a course of 10, 15 minutes maybe. But, you know, the collision happened with Taylor. He was down for a few minutes. They kept going. He was up kind of just sitting, you know, on, on his backside and sitting up, if you will. And then they walked off with trainers, walked off the field on his own power, went to the back for a little bit, then came back out, was doing some individual drills. So, Again, I think he's perfectly fine. But, again, that is a little bit concerning. You know, injuries, you never plan for them, right? And there's no really such good things as good injuries or ideal times to happen. But, man, that was a little bit of a scare today, but he's fine. Yeah, and, you know, switching it over to the running back room, I think one thing people have noticed immediately is how big David Johnson is. It's almost deceptively big. Like, you watch him play games, and then you see him in person. It's like, wow, okay, Um, he really does have the perfect physique for running back. But – what are we seeing from him? I know if he's going to make this roster, obviously he has ways to go in terms of making impression, but it seemed from your, your kind of notes there that he is moving up in terms of reps, at least for today, third on the list. Uh, were you impressed with what you've seen, or do you think there's, a, there's still ways to go for a guy like David Johnson? I mean, it's just one of the things he's here on a tryout basis, but I mean, it's just one of those observations that he was there and maybe it's a, a nod being that he's a vet guy or anything like that behind Ingram and Kamara, but Look, again, they're going to get one more look at him tomorrow. I think he's a guy, you know, talking to Dennis Allen, the guy that they want to have close to the hip, if you will, uh, and just as this process plays out. And, look, last year they brought in Devontae Freeman in training camp, so it won't be surprising for them to look at a running back. I think Johnson's looked pretty good in myself. And, again, this is a guy that really needs to kind of put things together for as his career goes just because he had such a hard time last year in Houston and a lot of uh, buildup after getting traded from Arizona as part of the DeAndre Hopkins trade. So, look, he's going to be a wait-and-see type guy. But, you know, you might have some of these guys that fall off on the roster. Then when you build out a 90-man roster, you got some people that are dealing with a couple of injuries, if you will. Um, You know, it will be interesting to see if they go on a pup list or IR, whatever that case may be. So, uh, but as right now, Johnson, wait-and-see type guy. Uh, You know, I think we need to see a little bit more from Tony Jones Jr. He's definitely good on special teams. Same thing with Dwayne. Washington and Abram Smith is one that again is going to continue to rise. So keep your eyes on Johnson. I'll see if anything pops afterwards. Yeah, certainly. And, uh, you know, 
when it when there's ever an update on Michael Thomas, people are quick to get to. It's someone who there hasn't been as many updates on. I would say Taysom Hill. Uh, you, you guys did actually get to talk to Dennis Allen about that today. For people who missed it, what's kind of the latest on Taysom Hill and the Saints Swiss Army Knife? Yeah, so anybody that hasn't been out here at practice, they're in the building. So even guys like, you know, pointed out, Taco Charlton was in the locker room yesterday. Rashid Shahid is another guy. Haven't seen Taysom at the building, but Dennis had said that basically he's there. He's doing rehab work. And everybody's got to remember, he's coming off a Liz Frank injury, surgery on it. Again, I had wrote about it a few months ago and the timetable. He dealt with it in his other foot, but this is a different foot that he's dealing with now. And so, again, I would be surprised if he's there to start training camp, but it sounds like maybe things are progressing in the right way for him. But that's going to be one of those that wouldn't be surprising if he starts on the pup list and kind of works his way back in. But that's kind of been the theme so far I've seen with some of these players back from injury is they're taking their time with these guys. They're not forcing and rushing guys like Will Lutz on the field. They're not rushing Michael Thomas, even with some of the guys in the offensive line or dealing with some injuries like Marcus Davenport. We found out had part of his pinky amputated in the offseason and just – some other things among his shoulder surgery is just stemmed from an injury or something that happened in 2016, you know? And so uh, those types of things, I think the saints are having a smart, cautious approach. And I think that's part of the byproduct of having Matt Rhea in the building. He's a very smart guy, sports science analytics that support all the data and such. It's something the saints really just haven't had and never I can believe. And it comes to health. Yeah. And we'll have to keep an eye out for Taysom Hill. You mentioned Will Lutz. In terms of kicking, that was something that wasn't great for the Saints last year, revolving door at that kicker position between Will Lutz kind of working his way up and John Parker Romo getting a chance to show what he can do. What have we seen so far uh, from that kicking unit for the Saints? Yeah, look, uh, it's good to have Will Lutz back in the building. I'll just say that. John Parker Romo struggled a little bit today, 4-7, you know, and they brought in the kicker Alex Quivedo, uh for a tryout basis. He kind of struggled yesterday. And so, again, you see the need for Will Lutz to be in this offense and just so they're just being on the field just because if he was there last year, they'd be in the playoffs. I mean, there's just no other way to slice it. And so Lutz is there. He's getting in some of these smaller drills, you know, kind of some onside work today, doing a little bit of short kickoff work, if you will, just where, you know, they simulate where, you know, they score and there's a penalty and then you move the ball up, just kind of some formation things there. But look, they can't get Will Lutz back fast enough. And man, I tell you what, he's ready. He's focused. He's growing the mullet out. He looks pretty cool and that, and uh, you know, the fans are going to be very happy to see. I think he, you know, Michael Thomas is obviously going to make the big headline, but man, it's just crazy how many fans have picked up and just said, will let's come back. It's got to be one of the biggest things shots in the arm for this team this year. Yeah, it will be great to see Will Lutz back out there for the Saints. And before we kind of quickly open it up to, for some questions, which, by the way, for people watching on YouTube, if you want to drop in a quick question for John to answer, drop it in. We'll pull it up uh, in just a moment's notice. You talked about Andy Dalton before, kind of the, I guess, a good security blanket that the Saints might have at quarterback. A lot of talk about Jameis Winston so far so good in terms of the recovery process. What have you seen from the other two quarterbacks, Andy Dalton, Ian Book? I know there's been some good, some bad with Ian Book. And Andy Dalton, obviously, you have a trusty vet there. What have we seen from them? Yeah, a little bit of struggles today in 11-on-11 with both of them. But, again, I don't think it's anything crazy just because the defense got to some pressure. You know, I'd say even looking at some of them, Trevor Penning had a little bit of opportunity because there's back-to-back reps he got kind of whipped up on by Carl Granderson. And so those, when the pocket breaks down, it's tough for any quarterback to do extremely well like that. But, look, Dalton, I think, has been absolutely strong, and, and he makes a good case. And he's here to support Winston. And so – Ian Book, you know, I think it's a big year for him. Again, I, I've looked at things, wrote it about uh, roster predictions. He's one that I think is on the bubble, right? And I don't think they would necessarily move. But, you know, I talked to uh, to Ronald Curry 
last week and just kind of got some insight from him. And look, from a perspective of being booked, he's really grown a lot as far as, you know, being able to call plays. He said last year he couldn't call plays. He couldn't do a lot of things, right? He's worked on his precision. The game has slowed down for him. He's facing a really important time right now. I think it's been kind of mixed. He did really well in a two-minute drill the other week. This week, a couple of times where he's made some really good throws, some good decisions, but still a mixed bag. And thankful it's not a quarterback battle or controversy like it was last year. Jameis is your guy. He's going to be the one that goes in as a starter, unquestioned. Yeah, that, that's a good point. And obviously, you know, last year with everything, every position was banged up. It'd be good for the Saints to have some depth at the most important position in football. So we're going to briefly open it up for some questions. So if you are watching on YouTube, you want to drop a quick question in the time that we have left, we'll try and get to it. And the first one we kind of have here, John, this is a good one for you to kind of get down and answer with. Um, people said that we've heard Juwan Johnson put on some weight this offseason, kind of getting into that year two as a tight end. Is there any drop off in his movement? when it comes to route runnings and thing of things of that nature? No, I haven't noticed anything. And honestly, you know, something I pointed out yesterday is just when they were doing some some seven-on-seven seven work, especially in red zone, this was the guy that was there, right? And so I think last year you saw what happened. He was very hot early last year, kind of cooled down in the middle. And then towards the end of the year, I mean, it was just one of those where he just caught stuff in garbage time, right? And so I think getting Jameis Winston and him on the same page is going to be huge. I know we talk a lot about Adam Troutman, Nick Bennett, and then when Taysom Hill comes back in the mix. But, look, getting Jawan Johnson going, especially in the red zone and his ability to go up for the catches and just be able to make those contested catches is going to be huge for this team. I think he moves pretty well. Again, he's one of those where it's like, you know, you see the tight end and the frames on him, but Jawan Johnson, you can tell he's kind of slimmed a little bit and such. Uh, and, look, I think that – uh, or you know, that not slim, but he, he kind of bulked up, if you will. But I think he's going to be a, a good force to look at when it comes to training camp. And, again, they're stacked in, in terms of depth chart on tight end. I think that's a, a roster area where – I have a little bit more concern uh, just because you don't know what you're going to get with Taysom Hill. You had Troutman have the disappointing down season. Uh, Vinette, you know, missed half the year. So there's room to grow there. I think Juwan Johnson can put things together and be a lot more involved in this offense. Yeah, and you mentioned the tight end position having a little bit, you know, of a depth situation there. How about Lucas Kroll, the rookie out of Pitt? Uh, people want to know how he's progressing. A guy that people talked about highly at voluntary OTAs has that momentum carried over for minicamp. Yeah, look, rookie minicamp came on the radar, looked good, and OTAs looked pretty good. And even here in minicamp, you know, there's just some plays and getting some work with some of the, the first teams and stuff I think is huge. You just getting work with Jameis and such. And I think that's a big thing, a big step forward for him. I like Lucas Kroll. I think he's somebody to root for real easily. Again, I think there's a lot of room for opportunity on the depth chart there. Again, if he doesn't make the final roster, it's going to be interesting. Do they carry four tight ends? Do they carry three tight ends? How is Taysom's involvement going to dictate some of that? Those are questions that we probably need to ask. I think at worst case, he's going to be a priority, uh, a practice squad player. But look, I think the sky's the limit for this guy. If he can adapt some to his blocking, I think that's really where he's going to shine a little bit more. But in a receiving department, the guy looks really good. And, uh, you know, look, they've missed and lacked some of those guys over the years. And Kroll's a guy that I think can sneak up the depth chart. But we're going to need more sample size. And as always, when the training camp hits, pads come on, hitting, then we'll get a lot more insight there. Yeah, absolutely. And a question that seems to be a popular one here, how are the young guys dealing, the rookies dealing with the heat there? Well, I don't know if you can tell in the video, but I'm sweating my butt off. So, I mean, it's uh, it's hot. It said 
I looked it up at one point. It said it was 89 degrees out here, which is a load of crap. But it was uh, real feels like 102. I think it's one of the hottest days, right? And this is June. So we're only going to get hotter as it gets to July and August. And I thank God that we're going to Green Bay for a co- at least a week, right, to have some practice and game settings. But, again, I think most of the players, I hadn't seen any problems with cramping. I think that's something that you'll see more in training camp. Uh, but it seems like most of these players have kind of adapted well. I hadn't seen any kind of crazy things out of this, out of the norm. So, uh, you know, it'll be something to pay attention to when camp comes in in August this year. And it's the, the hottest part of Louisiana ever. Yeah, absolutely. So one more day of mini of mini camp coming up, John, before we wrap it up, what are you kind of hoping to see in that final day? Yeah, I just kind of want to see a little bit of everything. Right. And, um, you know, I, I missed, the, the highlight of camp and stuff for me is when they do one-on-one periods or seven-on-seven, and some of that can't be a full effect until they get to training camp, if you will. But that's kind of really what I want to see is I want to see some one-on-one work, and I think we'll get more. They have had officials here, just so so everybody's clear. They got Jerome Boger's crew in here. Uh, they're working on a lot of situational work right now, and so that's kind of why if you see some recaps and stuff, not necessarily lethargic mood to the practice, but there's a lot of reasoning behind all of this of what you have. So, uh, you know, just looking forward to seeing some more growth out of these guys like Kirk Merritt. Can they jump up more? Bryce Thompson, can they keep it going? You know, I look at just about everything. Who's on the second team as far as offensive line, defensive line? How are some of these guys like DeMarco Jackson fitting? And, you know, I even pay attention to stuff like punter stuff, right? Punting stuff like Smoke Monday, primary guy that was the up back behind Daniel Sorison. Talk to him a little bit after a locker room. We'll talk a little bit more about him. But, you know, just seeing how these guys progress and have grown up in such a short time, it's really refreshing. And then ultimately the biggest thing we look for, are there any other vets that haven't been here or been on the field that might make a small appearance tomorrow and maybe we get to talk to? Yeah, absolutely. Those are all great points, and it's going to be interesting to see how it all unfolds. Before we sign off here, guys, just want to remind you uh, that DraftKings Sportsbook has a really cool offer for you guys coming up this week. You can bet $5 on any NBA bet for Game 6 of the Finals, and you get $150 in free bets. Instantly, all you have to do is download DraftKings Sportsbook app now, use promo code BOOT, all caps, make any $5 bet, and you will get $150 in free bets instantly. That's promo code BOOT at DraftKings, the official sports betting partner of the NBA. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem, you can call 1-800-GAMBLER. Remember, it's a minimum $5 deposit required and eligibility restrictions apply. See DraftKingsSportsBook.com for more details. Now, even though minicamp's almost wrapping up, guys, remember you can get more news from John and myself, whether it's on Twitter, whether it's on YouTube, so stay tuned. And as always, guys, keep it plugged in for more stuff here at Boot Crew Media. You're listening to the Straight Up Saints Podcast.